100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Welcome to another edition of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Tony Richards, brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. And our guest this morning is the, I want to make sure I get this right, the clerk for the Sumner County Circuit Court, Catherine Strong. How'd I do? Yes, that's that right. Cool? Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks well, for having me. Um, before we dive into what the clerk of the circuit court does and what the circuit court does, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and how you ended up in this gig? Sure. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm from Sumner County for the most part. We moved um, here when I guess I was one uh, from <laughs> Madison. <laughs> so I was, okay. I've been here uh, pretty much my entire life and graduated from Gallatin High School and is that a prerequisite, or are you just this is so familiar? It makes it easier. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess it it does make it easier. Yeah. Um, but I I have a a love for the county for sure because it's where I'm from. Um, I went to MTSU for college, uh, graduated with a bachelor's degree in political science, went on to National School of Law, and graduated with my law degree in 2007, and went into private practice and worked for. Um, a firm here in town for a while and then went out on my own and had my own firm um, until... So you're a recovering attorney? I'm a recovering attorney, (laughs) yeah. And uh, my predecessor, Miss Mahalia Hughes, held this position for a long time prior to uh, her retirement. And so when I found out she was retiring, um, I, I don't really know how this came about. It really was never on my radar. I never dreamed of running for a public office or mm-hmm. uh, or leaving the practice of law, but a couple people mentioned it to me and was it because that it would be Why would they idea. do that? Just because of your skill set or who you knew or that you knew about the position or what, you know? I, I, I don't really know, other than I've always kind of thought of it as a God thing, and um, mm-hmm. I just... You must be like it, a super detail up. person. Are you like? Are you like attention to detail is one well, of your strengths, or what? Well, I had I had some thoughts on modernization of the office, I and so mm-hmm. I think um, that that is kind of how that came to be. Is well, maybe you should think about running for it. You know, because mm-hmm. at, at the time uh, there was nothing online; you couldn't do anything online. Oh boy! Um, yeah, and so it was. There was a lot of work to be done. But you thought you could kind of modernize it and, yeah, yeah yeah so then all the before i knew it i had a platform and was pulling papers to run and uh you know which is a whole nother experience i'm sure yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it was really scary because i worked hard for a law degree and had spent uh you know seven eight years building a private practice and had my own schedule and where everybody liked you (laughs) (laughs) then you go into politics oops right (laughs) right uh so but but i I'm here and I love it and well, that's I cool. don't miss practicing law really ever uh, and 
And it's not like there's nothing to do. <laughs> right. There, it's, it's a different type of stress uh, <laughs> than yeah. practicing law. Uh, you know, it's more management now. Right. It, and you're not seeing before. your peers in court. Now you're helping everyone. Sure, you know, sure. But I still, nice. I still have, you know, my finger on the pulse of all things legal, which is, which is enjoyable for me. I enjoy still having the relationship with the attorneys and being able to, to help them and work with them and watch them, you know, do their craft in court. Uh, but a little less stressful from the, you know, owning your own business part, sure, I'm sure, because yes. that's just so difficult. Yes, and my husband owns his own business as well, and so uh, it was nice to have some benefits and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. a little better health insurance and, and the stress of owning your own business, at least yeah. getting off one of our shoulders. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it really brings some normalcy to the household. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's turned out to be nice. We have two kids. I have an 11-year-old. A uh, girl as, who's a sixth grader at Rucker Stewart Middle School, and then I have an eight, almost nine-year-old boy who's in third grade at Union Elementary. Okay. So they keep us very busy. Yeah, I would imagine, <laughs> let alone this gig. Right. So, um, so how long have you been in office? So I was first elected in 2014, and then okay. I was elected for a second term in 2018. Okay. Um, so this is my, I just finished my fifth year in office. Okay. And, um, I mean, we can kind of start at the beginning. I'm, I, I, I kind of want the audience to understand, you know, what it is you do. But on the other hand, I kind of want to get after, you know, in those five years, were you able to, are you able to kind of get it down the road to where you want it to be? But for, for now, just for those who don't know, what exactly does the clerk do for the court? Sure. So the circuit court clerk basically is... Over, I'm over all the clerk's offices in the county uh, that deal with the court system, except for the the clerk and master's office, which is which serves Chancery Court. So, the clerk's offices basically keep the records for all the courts. So there's, there's so in other words, you have you, you have a dispute, you 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 go through it, and then. Everything has to be filed correctly. Right, right. So even even to initiate the lawsuit, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to the clerk's office, and, and we're processing that paperwork and entering it into our uh, data management system, making sure, you know, we're producing dockets for the courts, getting those files to the so courts. So basically, this is the place where the inside scoop on everything that happens in yes. Sumner County, and you are the only one who knows about all of them. Yes, is except right? I typically know yeah. about none of them. That's what, <laughs> yeah. it, it is interesting because people that I know that might end up having a case in the, in the court mm -hmm. for one reason or another... Um, and you may not have even known. I wouldn't have even known. Well, it's not like people want to talk to about those kind of right, things. You know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> right. But sometimes they'll come to me and say, I just, I'm sure you'll see it. So I just wanted mm -hmm. you to know. And I thought, if you had never told me, I probably wouldn't see it. Because there's right. 35,000 cases filed, you know, in the year. I'm managing 30 people. I'm not yeah. doing the work of entering the cases into the system. Now, I might Well, I think that it. would surprise some people is just but, how the, the volume and, and the amount of people to... Yeah. So, the, so the, the clerk's offices um, that we are, that we're over, um, is the juvenile clerk's office, general sessions criminal, general sessions civil, circuit criminal, and circuit criminal. Uh, in circuit civil, so circuit is the state level court, and then general sessions are county. Okay, well, that was going to be my question. How courts. do you know what cases do these different courts? What is how do the levels work, and what do they hear? Sure. So juvenile court deals with juveniles, mm -hmm. and it's criminal and civil, mm -hmm. and then uh, in general sessions court, we uh, it's all of your 
criminal offenses where the punishment is not more than than one year. Okay. Uh, so eleven months, twenty nine days. Uh, that, that can be the only amount of jail time that you can get. Otherwise, it so automatically goes to a different court. It's essentially your you. misdemeanor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything starts in juvenile in in general sessions court because you never know where it's gonna. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it and then if it's but if it's if it's a more serious sentence or if it's a felony, it gets bound over typically to criminal court to the okay. state level court, and then in general session civil you're dealing with orders of protection and you're also dealing with civil cases where the damages are not more than um $25,000 that actually might have increased to $50,000 I would have to look that up but Mm -hmm. um but it's your some people consider it your small claims courts but it's a lot of your uh landlord tenant actions um and smaller Mm -hmm. damages cases Uh, and then in civil court is your divorces, in your circuit civil court is your divorces, your car wreck cases, mal- medical malpractice cases, a contract complex, disputes. complex, a lot yes. more, yeah, I yes. understand. And so, so we, we handle all the paperwork for all that, which hopefully one of my ultimate goals is that we don't actually have paperwork for it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it's all Well, there you go, thinking digital, ahead again. But that's yeah. a long-term plan. Yeah. Well, a lot of things have to be scanned and rewritten. And yes. Yeah, that's, yes. that's a long... Yes. Well, and you have to have judges that are... I mean, not that we don't have judges but um, that are willing to do this, but you have right, to have right. judges that are willing to not hold the paper file. You right. You're willing to look on a computer screen at the document. And as they get... Uh, assistants and clerks and things that can help them that are yes. younger and understand it's going to make it a lot easier for everybody because sure, sure. i'm so. sure the you know the tradition is just i just need to be able to grab it and look up something yeah. i don't want to sift through you know a computer and have windows updates while i'm trying to do it yes because those are always fun yes but, <laughs> but yeah um, and, and i feel that way i but, mean sometimes i enjoy reading a book on a kindle sure. device and other times i want to hold the book and yeah. feel the paper and read the paper i don't think that'll so, ever go away really. i know i know which is but okay it, but it makes but when you're trying to, to find something, paperless system. Oh yeah, I mean it's a big change. We're I, talking I, thousands and thousands and thousands of things to look through. I mean, yes. Where are the eight million file cabinets in this building, by the way? <laughs> from, from, all, from all of that stuff. You know? Oh, they're over. Uh, that you're converting four or five yeah. buildings. They're over yeah. four or five buildings all throughout the county. So, um, is one of your goals? I'm assuming is just not to hold things up. Is that is that a big challenge for you guys because you've just got this mountain of things to go through well one of the goals is that attorneys would have access from their office okay so uh ultimately what i would really like to see and this this was this comes from my experience as an attorney my office wasn't on the square i was i was in another part of of gallatin so anytime i needed to do anything with the clerk's office i had to get in my car and drive down here and come do it and so Part of the things that we've implemented is um, allowing allowing the clerks to email documents to attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, with, that's with all the simple right enough, privacy rules and all enough. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they got to be loving you for is, that, though. I mean, everything we have is public record. You right, know? right. I mean, I, and I mean they, there are certain things that true, might be yeah. confidential, but it's 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 everything yeah. was, is public record. So, but the attorneys got to be loving that. I mean, I mean, I hope so. Such a time waster. I hope to, so. to drive and drive and drive. And and. and you know, I couldn't, I, as an attorney, if, if 
I, if I wanted to make sure my case was on the docket, I had to pick up the phone and call the clerk's office, you know, so now we've developed a website and we post those dockets online. The phone's not so ringing off the hook all the time. Yeah, it helps us too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you there, there, there's done. part of it. Yeah, there's part of it that yeah. the more we provide to them, the less they call us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which is <laughs> a great thing. Might, no, yeah, not, not that we mind. Not that we don't it. want to hear from you. But. That's right. All right, well, we're up against our first break and we're talking with the Sumner County Circuit Court Clerk Catherine Strong, and we're going to come back uh, and talk to her some more about what she does every day and uh, some of the goals of the office in just a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. We'll return in a moment. Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, will return after these messages. FNM Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this morning, and we are talking with Catherine Strong. She is the clerk for the Sumner County Circuit Court. And uh, Catherine, we were talking about uh, some of the things that you're doing to modernize the office and those things. You've been at it five years. Um, so the growth in Sumner, which it seems like I can't get away from this question just because it's so pervasive, but how has that affected what you guys do at all or the amount? I think you said 35,000 cases come through your office. Yeah, it, it is. It, it has affected. We, we see steady growth. It's really, it's really strange because for some reason in 2009, there was a real, I don't know what was going on in the county, but there, there was a, a lot of full moons. I, don't I know. guess <laughs> so. There was a big increase in cases overall in almost every court. And then it declined from there, uh, which is very unusual, but it has, it has steadily it's increased. Sort of a, At 2009 was just kind of an off year. So it looks like we actually have less cases than we did, but really it was just that one year um, that we had a decline. But yeah, we see, we see an increase of, Probably, you know, five, six, seven thousand cases, uh, you know, per year. Overall. So is that is that sort of pressure on the system? Who determines? Hey, we need more judges, or we need, you know, to, so, to do this. Yeah, that's a really good question. So the state of Tennessee, with regards to state court judges, continually monitors caseload, okay. and they tell the they they determine how many judges. Uh, are needed for each can county. know how much the system can handle. Yes. So we we right now, given our caseload, um, I believe we need three and a half state court judges. So we're not quite to a, a whole judge yeah. yet. So uh, basically, they <clears throat> say that our judges, their caseloads are too are too much right now. But, but not enough to justify. Not them. enough. Yeah. To, but we're probably. Although if you ask them, they're like, please. <laughs> yes. Within. <laughs> Um, I would say within the next 10 years, we most likely will be getting a fourth state court judge. Okay. Now, on the county level, um, it's basically just the county deciding we, we, we're going to add another judge. And they do so that. So they're constantly checking at, input and getting input from people. And, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say constantly checking. But uh, Judge Hunter, the General Sessions, was the only General Sessions criminal judge for a long time. And he asked for years for the county to add another general sessions criminal judge I see. because his his load was just way too high yeah. and they finally did um i believe in 2016. 2016. so if you want to be a judge be careful what you wish for oh it? yeah <laughs> that's um, a lot and so so they finally added another uh general sessions criminal judge so we have 
two general sessions judges, a juvenile judge, all three are county judges. The juvenile judge also has a magistrate, um, a full-time magistrate that hears cases as well. Okay. And then we have three state court judges, and there's a child support magistrate that comes in from another county that okay. hears just child support cases as well. I don't know how you keep track of all this stuff. I mean, it sounds like you really know it well. Which is good. <laughs> I'm here all the time. Because they're coming in like, I think I want to do this, but what do I do next? And yeah. you can kind of help them through that kind well, of thing. Well, I think my, um, yeah, and, and having a law degree and, and practicing law for yeah. quite a few years help, helped me tremendously. You can point them in the right to... direction because they may not know who, well, you really might want to talk to an attorney, not yeah. me, you know. Oh, yeah. And don't try to fill this out yourself because it's right. not going to go well. <laughs> right, yeah. So even though you may feel like you're spending more money, it's actually saving you money yeah. by having somebody help you, yeah. But what, what some people don't, really, don't realize with growth, too, is that our work is not just measured by case filings that's that's really the only tool they use to measure our work but with more cases also comes more public records requests more you know requests for copies mm -hmm. more people um, asking about cases and and just the the call volume and the inquiries that we get about cases also increases uh, but that's not really measured in yeah. any way with, hey, you've had this many case files. Because each one has ancillary requests that go along with them. Right, yeah. right. So when you first come into this five years ago, and you you know sort of know how everything works, but there's sort of always pressure and always we need this information now, um, did you rely on the folks that had done it to help you? It's like, all right, walk me through how this exactly oh, works so yes. we can get this more efficient for you. And you take input from these 30 people that can help you. It's like, this would be the first place we'd fix. Oh, whatever, absolutely. You know? I, I had yeah. some ideas for things I wanted to fix pretty quickly, just from my experience as an attorney mm -hmm. and, and working Were they the, the same priorities office. as the people that were already here, you think? Uh, some of them were, yeah. absolutely. And what I learned, my what I learned the most in my first year is that change is hard. Yes. Change is hard for people um, who have been doing something a certain way for a whole lot of years mm -hmm. um and i i came in very excited and yeah you want to get rolling change and and, and I, everybody's and like there slow was, down there were some people here that were super excited about changes and they were ready to make changes and wanted to make change in there and i i learned um to have a lot more patience mm -hmm. and uh, and to that some things just need to go a little bit slower, not just for the people that worked here, but also for the people that that access our office and that deal right. with our office. And so well, and some um, people over time, it, you know, they can adapt and some, you know, just won't make it. I sure. mean, it's just too uncomfortable. For sure. Them. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, that's what you know. When I first came in, and I, I one of the one of the very first things I did was got scanners for every single employee to have on their desk, and I required that they scan every single document in. And it was one of those things that at the beginning, everybody grumbled about. It yeah. seemed like another, another step. step right. You know, I mean, this is this, is, and I kept trying to. But explain when you're that trying to retrieve end, information, that's right, way faster. <laughs> yes, and so it didn't take long for that reality to. Uh, to be realized. And there's a side benefit of it's less uh, fire hazard. <laughs> you know, so, oh, sure. Because so, there's not as much paper. Sure. Anyway. So, um, but it, that, that's, I learned a lot about how to implement change and, and 
um, that everything doesn't have to happen right then and right. now and to prioritize what, what is the most efficient. Have to hold um, some people's hands. Sure. Also, you probably learned a lot I did. by listening to them. I did. You know, so. And I spent a lot of time that first year learning the different offices and the different jobs. I mean, that was kind of one of the things I committed to myself is I was going to, I mean, literally my first six months or so, I would sit in an office at an at a desk and answer the phones watch because how they I do thought, their job yeah. yeah and i thought it's a good idea the only way for me to really learn what issues they deal with is let me answer the people you know now i'd have to put the person on hold and say what do we do now yeah <laughs> yep, exactly but I mean, the front row seat always helps sure but i, I and always, you can't change the world in one you know it's one bite at a time you just kind of have to you know and i'm sure it helped you prioritize what you really did want to work on first what you could tackle get a few victories and then sure. you know everybody probably got a little more comfortable sure but they still i mean i, I we still have a very um, healthy respect and and knowledge that they know more about how to do their jobs than I do. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also have some respect and knowledge that I, I can have a bigger picture right. and a you more long-term plan that, that... I want to move you down the road. Sure, sure. So. Well, so um, speaking of change, and some people handle it better than others, um, tell us about this new Justice Center. So <laughs> we're in this pretty historic building. Sure. It's been a part of this community forever. Um, it's very historic but very old and very small. Yeah, so, yeah. So how does that go? You know, that's becoming quite the topic now. It is, and um, it's been very exciting, and it is. Uh, I know there are people that don't like the idea of... Um, the, the courthouse court is always the center centerpiece of a town. Sure. It always is. Sure. Um, and people do mention this building as being historic a lot and it's actually not it is just old it looks yeah yeah it looks that way <laughs> the the square in Gallatin is actually designated as historic but not this this specific building mm -hmm. uh, but i think what people don't realize is this building was never built to be a courthouse it's right. it it held all the county offices um, and so there are a lot of security issues and um you know, it's one of those things that our judges right now in this building that deal with divorces and orders of protection and things that are very high emotionally charged, mm -hmm. they leave their office after that, walk the same hallways where all the public walks. They walk mm -hmm. out the front of this building Which with be, no security once they yeah. walk, walk out of the front of the building and park in their vehicle and get in their vehicle that's parked right out in front of the courthouse. I think people forget that sometimes, uh, that sure. what these judges go through. It's and not it's, easy. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, that's all fine and good until somebody goes out to their car gets after an yeah. emotionally charged case, gets a gun, stands right out in the front of the courthouse and shoots yeah. somebody in the head as they right. walk out to their car. And then the whole nation is looking at us, at us saying, yeah, what's what that? idiots? Why did why, this was their security? <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and, I, and I don't think that would ever happen. And I hope that would never happen here mm -hmm. and all that. But Well, I'm um, sure there's been some confrontations. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it. divorces are probably the most highly charged type. Um, situation there is, or there's termination of parental rights cases where a judge is having to determine that this this child is no longer considered legally this person's yeah. child, um, mm -hmm. and those can be very 
emotionally charged and difficult. Anyways, so my office is actually spread out among three different buildings. So I have, and I even have a clerk's office that is not in the same building as the court where we serve. So our our circuit criminal clerk's office is here is in the courthouse building on the square. Because I was going to say, there's not 30 people in here that no, I see. <laughs> no, there's, yeah. but there's, so the criminal court is, the clerk's office is in the courthouse, but the the court itself, where the judge is and the judge's staff, is in the general sessions court building attached mm-hmm. to the jail. And, and one so, of the upsides of this new building and the new location is, you know, just A, bigger. Yeah. Uh, B, you can lay out this plan so that everybody can feel secure. Yes. Um, and measures can be taken care of before anybody even walks into place. Sure. And yeah. all, everything will be in one place. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I won't have to have a a paid person just for the sole purpose of running files between, you know, different buildings and taking things between different buildings. And so, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do staff training and things like that when you've got staff that's spread out over three different buildings. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's very frustrating for the public too, to have right. different buildings. Running from place to place. Yes. Yeah. Um, and attorneys, you know, that they, right. if they have a case in general sessions on the same day that they have a case in another court, it makes it a lot more difficult to manage that. So what kind of time frame are you thinking? I mean, I, I should be asking the county of this a little more, but well, you know, since I've, we've been talking about it. Sure. And I've been on um, committees that have been doing this. The, the county commission has really done an incredible job with this project, in my opinion. They hired a company... Uh, at the very outset of the thought of this. Right. So um, they just didn't say, you don't need this. <laughs> right. They, they like, hired they can... a company from South Carolina called Justice Planning Associates, and this is all they do. They okay. they go around the country and they evaluate judicial systems. So uh, they see how they all consult. this is working and where all the yes. locations and they how came, they can they, best make it they efficient. They rated yeah. all of our buildings. They talked to all the key players. Um, and they gave a rating to the county commission saying, you know, basically your buildings are terrible and they're mm-hmm. falling down and they're not properly laid out. The mm-hmm. security is a nightmare. Um, it's a nightmare for the public and all that. So, but then they proposed a plan um, on how to move forward and what you could do. And they've helped secure a location um, next to the library. And so that it's still downtown on the square. Mm-hmm. They've helped, um, you know, hire. Uh, architects for the design. They've talked to all the all the offices that will be in that building to figure out what our needs are and what our space needs are and what our future plans are. And I mean, they've really gone about it in a very meticulous way to cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been working on this for two, close to three years. And so just recently, the county commission voted to basically approve the overall project in a portion of the funding. The funding will come right. Well, and it's not like the public will not needed. get a chance to give you their opinion. Sure, and they have, right. and they have throughout the process. And they always will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there seems to be a lot of support, particularly since it's staying downtown. I think if it wasn't going to be downtown right. on the square, it would be... Um, yeah. A lot more controversial, but but people seem to so realize. So will this that building likely always be sort of related to it in one way or another, well, whether it, it's offices or something else yes, or ancillary? I, th- I think so. I think so. It will be up to the county commission on what they choose to do with it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of last on the list because this building yeah. will have to be remodeled right. in some way, shape, or form. Right. And the problem is when you do that, then you start discovering asbestos in the walls oh, and. Yeah. and you know, in the pipes. I don't know when this was built, but yeah. <laughs> and so. So this will be the building that's just covered in plastic wrap. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think the initial plan 
um, is to renovate it just enough to where the district attorney's office could move their offices into this building. Yeah. Something um, that makes sense. In sure. Other yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, so, we're up against our next break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more with Catherine Strong. She's the clerk for the uh, Sumner County Circuit Court. And uh, we will be right back with more of the show right after these messages. FNM is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of Sumner County Spotlight. We'll return with more of the show following these messages. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we are back at Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you by FNM Bank at myfmbank.com and 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. And we're with Kathy Strong. Um, the is it Kathy or I mean I Catherine? I, yeah, because I don't want to. <laughs> assume there's a nickname there when there right. isn't. Catherine Strong, the uh, clerk for the uh, Sumner County Circuit Court. And Catherine, we were talking about the new Justice Center and that that's kind of in the works and looks like it may happen. So what are you thinking about for this office and you and your career over the next few years? Is this, I'm assuming you want to be around for that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go through all this and not get the cool part. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so we've made a lot of progress on um getting a lot of our information um online for people to be able to access and so the next step that we're working on right now is an e-filing system where attorneys can actually file their documents um hopefully that will happen um early to mid next year we're in, we're in the process there's a whole so where do you get the the IT and web developing folks that do you use a company that does this for municipalities all over the place yeah, or, so, you know, so they, they look, we know how to make this document simple, simple. We'll make it a form and it's easy. Yeah. To do. So that's a, that's a good question. So the, the state has an organization called the administrative office of the courts. Um, we call them the AOC and okay. the AOC um, helps administer the courts. And so are uh, we the last to transition to this? <laughs> no. I hope not. No, we okay, will actually good. be uh, one of the first. Good, um, good. So the, the state actually provides all of our IT support. So we're on, our, our internet is on the state network system. Mm -hmm. um, and so they provide all of our IT. Now, when we use go to like an e-filing system we're using a third party that has developed that system okay. but they're working with the state and us to be able to access our servers and i mean it it has Do to Do you all think it's going to i mean is it going to take a, a really long time or are these templates and things they sort of have and they can just tweak them and customize them for Sumner County yeah, or no, whatever Yeah they, they've I mean, been working they've already it's already in the works they've been working on building on. this system for a while And do you like check on it get updates so you kind of see Yes Yes. Hurry, hurry, hurry. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the clerk and master, uh, Mark Smith, he's he's over, he does what I do over the Chancery Court clerk's office. Okay. Um, but he has been pushing the state hard um, to get them over some of the hurdles uh, that will open the door for us to be able to do it. Because they're, you know, it's like anything else. They're very concerned about viruses and people being sure. able to access the system. And mm -hmm. um, so security is a big, big deal. And they have to just make sure that everything will still be very secure. And um, So, so when that's done and that's complete, are there a lot of uh, data entry things that your folks are going to have to do just to get sort of that baseline in there? Or is this just more... 
the attorneys and other folks related to the courts inputting the stuff themselves? Well, it'll be a combination. There will still be some stuff. Um, you know, they they will enter some of the basic information that will that will then go into our system, but mm -hmm. we'll have to go in and still do some paperwork on our or do some of the work on our end. Um, what about like certifications and the more complex stuff? Can that all be done online at, at some point as well, or is that still going to have to be sort of hand done? Yeah, that will probably have to be hand done. Um, but it will open the door. That's what will be the avenue for going paperless, um, which is the ultimate goal, which the county would love for us to do because I have, you know, files all over the county. So mm -hmm. they would like to not have to pay for file storage. But, um, you know, there are laws that dictate that we can never get rid of certain files. You know, there are our circuit court files. We can, they're permanent records forever. Yeah, and, and you ever. were just I mean, hoping for go, a couple of semi shredder trucks to yeah, pull yeah, up. And let's have a party. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's, you know, I actually was, um, was pretty involved in getting some legislation passed this year that, um, allows us to destroy some juvenile records, mm -hmm. uh, because juvenile records, are, they are they are our only our only records that are absolutely confidential. No one can access those records. Right. And you know if you're a juvenile delinquent and you've been charged with public intoxication and now you're 45 years old, I mean nobody can even see that record or access that record. Yeah. I mean, and it's not ever going to come back to right. haunt you. Like, why, why would you want to? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why can't we get rid of that record? Why? I don't know. In this in this day record? and age of Instagram and Twitter and everything, you never know what'll show up. <laughs> I know. It. Forty years later, yeah. right? But, but then, so so we got that law passed that allows us to destroy certain types of juvenile records after you know like. 10 years after the child turns 18. But mm -hmm. then that, that prompts a whole other issue of, well, now you have to go through the files and pull out the ones. But it's yeah. a task I'm willing to do, particularly with just to clean it knowing we have to move to a new building. Right. You know, we're, we're going to get to move to a new building you don't in a couple of years. clutter up one building just to do it again. Sure, sure. Yeah, in a brand new place. Yeah. So in the next few years, we've got a couple more minutes left. I mean, what's what are your um, goals for not only the office but for you personally what do, what do you what do you see yourself doing well um no that's a good question i don't i i would uh when you're in the throes of something you don't have a chance to think about that yeah but. well i you know one of our one of my goals is is for the office is to have e-filing and i would really like to work on um, staff training and staff development. Once we're in a, the building together, I'll really be able to cross-train people. Right. Um, and I'm sure the new building will probably have a training room and things sure, that you can you sure. know, have but meetings. and. You know, it, it's always been an issue in an office, in this office, that, you know, I, I have five employees that work in the circuit civil department, and they have five different ways of processing the same document. Yeah. Um, and it's just the nature of it, and, and some of that is fine, um, but I've always wanted to be able to say, okay, we need some training manuals, we need we need to make sure we're all doing this the same way. More clear systems. Yes. Yeah. So, so that is a goal um, that I have. That's going to involve, I need to develop some of that, and I have to just put the time into it to doing it. Um, but that's, that's one of my main goals for the next couple of years uh, in this office. 
So okay. personally, I don't really know. We're, I'm so bogged down with my life is ruled by youth sports right now outside of the with office. With an 11-year-old and, so, and, a, and, and an 8-year-old. Eight eight yes, yeah. yes. Your life is not your own for the next few years. Like, <laughs> and let's just go ahead and say it's through their junior year in college. Right. I mean, they just, you know, that first two years in college was just killer for me on these kids. But oh, And then yeah. when they're a junior, it's like, oh, Thank God they're actually starting to get it. This is good. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's the way it seemed. Yes. Yes. So So. we're just, you know, get through this week. I'm looking forward to, uh, I I want some time off from during Christmas from sports and them to not have something every night of the week and figure out how to eat dinner and... Well, uh, I am sure that the, the everybody related to the judiciary is, is grateful for the hard work and, you know... I would imagine it's hard to keep folks motivated because, you know, they're just, you're, you're strapped to your computer. You cannot get away from the phone sure. or the computer. And I hope everyone understands the work that your folks do. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I hope so, so too. I appreciate have a great you. staff and they work really, really hard. So thank you for spending the time with us and enlightening us on how it all works. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine Strong. She's the clerk for the uh, Sumner County Circuit Court. And we're going to come back with more of the program and another guest right after this. Sumner County Spotlight brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank will return after these messages. FNM Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbank.com. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this morning. I'm your host, Tony Richards, and we'd like to thank FNM Bank for sponsoring this show every Sunday at myfmbank.com and also at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard here in Hendersonville. And second guest today is Larry Phillips, and Larry is the co-founder of the Indian Lake Loop, which has become quite the tradition here in Hendersonville, or at least in all of Sumner County. You don't don't have to be from Hendersonville to to, uh, go for a run or a walk, that's for sure. Larry, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about you, where you're from, and kind of what you do for a living, and then we'll get into what possessed you to start this. <laughs> sure. I am originally from Richmond, Virginia, and I moved here in high school when my dad worked for Shoney Big Boy. After graduating from Western Kentucky, I moved back to Virginia for a couple of years and then came back to Sumner County in 1995 and have lived here ever since. Was it calling you the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, but it made sense when I took over a uh, sales position selling ultrasound machines for Hitachi, covering oh. Tennessee and Kentucky. It was new uh, cutting-edge technology that's then, right? right? Uh, I knew that I was going to move back to Hendersonville, and it's been a great time ever since. Well, that's great. So uh, when did the Indian Lake Loop start? This year is the 13th annual, so that would put it back to 2006. Mm-hmm. that it started and the whole reason it started was because there was no running event in Sumner County at the time and myself and a number of other runners around Sumner County would go to Mead and run in the Boulevard Bolt mm-hmm. and that was fine and it was a five mile run great turnout they have thousands of people but as I was running down the street one Thursday morning and my running companion, Mr. Alan Curtis, was running next to me. I said, Alan, we need to do this in Sumner County. We don't need to drive to Bellmead every Thanksgiving day to put on a race. 
Alan at the time owned a triathlon store called oh, Acme, okay. and mm-hmm. he said, "Larry, whatever you need to do, I'm in." So, and had you ever done anything like that before? I mean, you knew how they worked, obviously, because you'd been in them. But that ever- was it. Yeah, I'd never put on a run before. I just knew that this was something that Sumner County needed to have so that they could call their own race on Thanksgiving morning. Mm-hmm. So the next day, I happened to walk into Bluegrass Beverages and talk to Bill Sinks. And he said he was all in. And at the time, the mayor, Scott Foster, was in there shopping. And he said, Larry, the city's in. Just tell me what you need. Cool. And, and so, so there was never really a an official run for the area. Not for Thanksgiving. There were some other runs that had started. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Memorial Day Classic started the same year. Okay. which raises money for the Cumberland Crisis Community uh, Pregnancy Center. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing it today, and that's a great cause for Memorial Day. The Rotary had put on a July 4th race, uh, but that was not done regularly. And so the Thanksgiving and Labor Day weekends were not spoken for, if you will. And I wanted to do this on Thanksgiving Day because it's a great family event. It's, it's not as hot as Labor Day. <laughs> it's not as hot as Labor Day. That is true. We have been very blessed in the 12 years that we have put this race on. Oh, no, don't say it. We might jinx it. I don't. I don't I've already looked jinx. at the weather. Have it's you? okay. okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we have had one bitter cold morning, and the rest well, of the time. I'm glad it wasn't two days ago. Exactly. Uh, the rest of the years have been very good. We've been blessed with weather that is sometimes a little cloudy. Sometimes the fog rolls in and it holds up the start a little bit, but overall we're we've been very blessed and look forward to that again this year. Well, it's fall and it's Thanksgiving, so that's okay. That's it. So, um, so how did the first year go? Tell us how that that all happened. Well, the first year we got with the parks department and we ran out of uh, Drake's Creek Park, and it was a little drizzly that day, but it was still not cold. And we had about two or three hundred runners that year. Okay, so not bad for a first one. No, it you went well. Happy with it? It went well, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. we went very well. But we knew if we were going to have the event grow, that we were probably going to have to move it to a bigger location, better parking, and all of that. And I think it was the third year that we moved it to the streets of Indian Lake, mm-hmm. and have been here for the now the past ten years. And the streets of Indian Lake has always been welcoming. Uh, the businesses have loved it. Um, just because we bring people in on the pre-registrations on Tuesday and Wednesday, we're here from 4 to 8 in the afternoon. So people can just come by and sign right up if yes. they want. Yep, they can sign up that those days prior to, pick up their race number, pick up their T-shirt. They can sign up the morning of the race, which gets pretty busy. Yeah, so if you um, don't want to hassle with all that and you just want to come, put your number on and you're on your way. Yep, Yeah. and if you want to register online, it is www.com compasseventscom and that is compass c-o-m-p-a-s-s which is community outreach making partners at sumner schools okay that organization is the benefactor of our race profits and has it always been it has always been okay. the first couple of years we did it with the jason foundation and compass uh, but the jason foundation has been very very successful in getting government funds and so we went the third year, we went 100% to Compass. And what made you choose Compass? Well, number one, I've been on the board for Compass because I think it's a great event. And it's we do things to help raise money for Sumner County Schools. And we all know the needs of our school system. And so when we were able to give back 100% to Compass, it meant more to everybody for participating. 
because mm-hmm. everybody's money goes to Sumner schools. Right. And I know that everybody doesn't have children in Sumner schools, but it still helps our county. Right, exactly. Um, and so then it kind of grew from there. What number are you at now? How many how many participants? Last what year. You ballpark? You know? Yeah, I would say last year we're probably uh, 1,100. We've had as high as 13. Um, but there, there have been some changes along the way, and so people have chosen. Some still like to go to the Boulevard Bolt because it's a family tradition for them. Right. We still keep asking them to come here and do Although the, after 13 years, you're going to be a tradition as well, we're, I'm sure, you know. We're pretty good. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, we went to Gatlinburg last year for Thanksgiving, and all I did was think about why aren't we there? <laughs> so it has become a tradition for a lot of people, and dressing up and having a good time is all a part of that. You got to find a turkey or two in the crowd. I'm sure. Always. Um, well, so uh, what about folks outside of the county? Are they is the, obviously after this much time, the word is obviously getting out, and hey, this is a really fun one. You ought to come up here. Uh, what kind of participation are you getting from outside of the county? We get a good, um, a good amount of people from Davidson County, from Mount Juliet, from Wilson County. They have started their own races in some instances, but. They don't want to do the same race every year. So we get a lot of that. I also get phone calls from people around the country that are coming into Davidson County or Sumner County or, or local Middle Tennessee. that For the holidays, run. and they're looking mm-hmm. for a run. Yeah. yeah, and they want to run, and they want to make sure they can get their their shirts picked up on race morning because they're not getting in until late Wednesday night and just different mm-hmm. things. So we've had people from all over the country. Uh, so it's and a lot of I'm fun. I'm assuming there's some outreach there. You're in all the appropriate sites where people are snooping around for a run. And mm-hmm. in all those runner sites, I'm sure there's ways to find you guys. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking with Larry Phillips here, the co-founder of the Indian Lake Loop, which is coming up on Thanksgiving morning, which is that actually two weeks from today. Man, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Yep. My, how things have changed. It just seemed like it was 800 degrees Kelvin out, <laughs> and now it's not. So um, we're going to come back with more of the program and talk with Larry a little bit more about the specifics, where the route is, um, and you don't have to be a professional runner to be in this thing, right? I mean, let's, let's get that out right away. If you just want to have a great time with your family, then you're going to want to think about the Indian Lake Loop. Again, it's coming up on Thanksgiving morning, and we'll be back with more of the show right after this. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, Hendersonville. We'll return in a moment. Sumner County Spotlight, brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, will return after these messages. FNM Bank, serving Middle Tennessee since 1906. Visit them at myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning. And we're talking with Larry Phillips, who is the uh, co-founder, co-creator of the Indian Lake Loop, which is coming up on Thanksgiving morning. Um, let's just talk talk about the race itself uh again there's pre-registration two two days prior to the event so that tuesday wednesday is that right they can come in to person the, yes yes at the streets and we will be in the old claire's boutique store which mm-hmm. is right next to fleet feet or in between fleet feet and yankee candle so just pop in you guys will be hanging out there they mm-hmm. can get signed up they can pay their fee they can get their shirts they can get their number and they're good to go is that everything right? Yes. Which is, uh, do a lot of people take advantage of that just because, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have three seconds, I'm in my car, I am i can't, you know, uh, apply on my phone while I'm driving, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do, and a lot of people wait so they can see what the weather's going to be like. True. There might be a runner in the family, and if the weather's questionable, that runner might be the only person, but if the weather's going to be fine, then it might be okay to bring the children with you and have make it more of a family event. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people wait just a little bit. 
But that's okay. We have plenty of people here on Tuesday and Wednesday night to do that and on race day morning. Uh, that's that's the best part. We A lot of races these days are not doing sign-ups on race day morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still do that, and it gets a little hairy, but we're happy to do that because of last-minute decisions. And, uh, again, uh, the web address, if they want uh, to sign up online, which they can do. Correct. That's www.compasseventscom mm-hmm. and then you click on the Indian Lake Loop, and it'll take you to the site where you can register online. There is a individual sign-ups, and there is a family sign-up. So, so did family. you say there's a this is a five mile walk or five k run too? It's not just you don't have to run. No, you right? don't. I mean, you know, because some people get intimidated by that. I know it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but they see these runners and these guys are. Oh my god, I can't do that. Well, that's fine. The five you know. mile run is timed. Okay, and there are awards given on the five mile run. The five k is marked in the street where to turn around and right. all of that but there is no awards given for the 5k right. but it, it but it's more than just a run isn't it i mean it's a family event it's mm-hmm. a way for you to welcome you know folks in from out of town there's a thousand things to do around nashville if you want to cruise down there and get into that or True. you can hang right here uh there's plenty to do right here mm-hmm. in sumner county yeah exactly and so it's it's a fun morning and we have uh, Publix is a big ben- uh, big donator for us as far as uh, the after-the-run treats that we have with cakes and pastries and all kinds of, of paraphernalia and, of course, uh, water for the runners when they get done. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good time to come out and, and be a but part of it. But this is a great way to justify eating a whole lot of turkey. <laughs> I mean, that's really the reason, isn't that's, it? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and um, I'm assuming people come, not only do they get a shirt, and, and many people wear them, I'm sure, but they're, you know, people have fun. They put on team colors, family shirts, and you know, there's the turkey or the drumstick running around, or you never know what you'll see, right? I mean, There is. There's all of that, and some families even make T-shirts so that they can, they can all wear the same T-shirt together, like mm-hmm. a family reunion type of thing. Sure. And I'm sure there's a Santa or two or a reindeer or two that show up every once in a while. You there's, never know, right? Everybody can do what they want. Yeah. We don't stop them from doing anything. If you want to bring your babies in strollers and push the stroller, please do. Yeah. I mean, you know? this is a great visual event. Yes. And uh, so how do you manage this chaos? Let's get into the nuts and bolts. Where does the run walk go? Uh, and uh, tell me about all the volunteers, police, et cetera, that you, you, know, you can't do this on your own, obviously, Larry. No, we're for- very fortunate that the, the city government has been a big help. The police has been a big help. The junior ROTC at Hendersonville High School helps out. We have a lot of help from the community, and we're able to actually close down Indian Lake Boulevard for – the run to happen now the run starts in front of the amc movie theaters it goes out of the streets of indian lake down saundersville road and takes a left on indian lake boulevard the five mile goes all the way down to demos's turns mm-hmm. around and comes back okay the 5k the turnaround is at taco bell mm-hmm. and the finish line for the 5k and the finish line for the five mile is the same right in front of the movie theaters again but the 5K turns earlier than the five milers. Right. So it's a good route. There's a little hill there to get over the bridge right there next to Walmart and Gold's Gym. Uh, you can see Carabas from the side there, one of our sponsors. And we appreciate them and all the other sponsors, Bricks, 
Fleet Feet. So they'll see, see folks along the way. I'm sure there's, there's you know water citizens station and folks set up. help with water and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yep, exactly. So you won't be out there on your own wondering where to go. Right, that's true. <laughs> You leave no man behind, right? We do not. We do not. And we sweep the course when we're done to make sure of that. That's a good idea. So, um, And that's that's really a cool event. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that brings a community together. Was it was it as much that you were an avid, uh, an avid runner or that, you know, you saw an opportunity for something for the community? It was the community because as an avid runner, and I still do, I have never run this race because I'm busy running it. Right. Right. So it's 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 about But you hear the it's nice. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the, it's for the community. And you probably hear when it's not nice, but hey, you know, that's just part of the deal. Yeah. Well, that's great and uh and we are, you know, thrilled to try to help you get the word out. I mean, that's just part of the deal. We're here for the community as well and I don't know if uh, you know, anybody's had a chance to kind of hear it from you and how, why you started it and how it all came to be and I mean, what would your ultimate goal be as far as just, you know, amount of participants? Would you just sky's the limit? or Oh, just... sky's the limit, yes. That Boulevard Bolt has had up to 8,000 people run it. So we have the capacity here to do thousands of people with parking. We have plenty of it. We have the the services of the, of the police and the fire department and the ROTCs and everybody to run a safe race. Mm-hmm. And... I, the sky's the limit. So if you want to have fun, and there's tons of parking around here, which mm-hmm. is another great thing. Again, don't have to worry about safety, and they're blocking off the streets. The police are watching out for you, um, so there's no problems there. And if you're one of those folks that, you know, go to Belmead or do some of these other runs, hey, you know, if you're listening to a particular RAM station that goes all the way from Bowling Green down to Columbia, hey, if you've not tried it, you know, stay out of the traffic and come up here, right? Give it exactly. a whirl. And they can, is it easy to kind of just get in and sneak through to Indian Lake off of 386 and some yes. other places? So. The police the police will shut down Vietnam veterans probably about quarter to eight. So if you're running behind, they may not let you in. But right. in most instances, you're in, you're in good shape. Uh, right. Saundersville Road, which is the, the basically the connector between Indian Lake Boulevard and, and exit number eight i guess saundersville road exit mm-hmm. that road gets shut down but, but we leave it open to, for we leave it yeah. open for uh, so if you can sneak in the back way yeah. if you're running a little late you can, you can still get down in, in here mm-hmm. yeah exactly so what's uh everything start one more time and and we're going to give out phone numbers web addresses pre pre-registration and all those things one more time so everybody understands where it all starts all right so november 28th thanksgiving morning is the race it starts at eight o'clock the 5K starts at 8 o'clock. The 5, I'm sorry, the 5 mile starts at 8. The 5K starts at 5 minutes after 8. Okay. Give the runners a chance to get separation. The pre-registration, if you want to sign up online, www.compasseventscom and you can sign up there. Individual registration and family registrations are available. The price today is good up until Thanksgiving morning, and then the price goes up um, on day of. The pre-registration, we are again in the old Claire's Boutique next to Fleet Feet and Yankee Candle. And you can sign up there in person on Tuesday and Wednesday, 
the 26th and 27th from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Just as families coming into town, you know, yep, you can it. buzz over here and grab some shoes close by and <laughs> get yourself ready to go. Exactly. And sign up for the race. And, and again, up. always online, anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, some questions and things that are a lot of answers right there on the registration page where they can give you guys a shout. There's and, frequently asked questions, but my number is on there as well, 615 218-3473. And just for fun, that's 218-FIRE. Sometimes I feel that that's the way it is. <laughs> and but you're that's always okay. welcoming more sponsors as well, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> we always can take the help. Absolutely. Well, Larry, thanks for taking the time uh, again and, and doing this for the community and, and getting the word out. And we hope that this uh, continues to grow. And uh, many thanks to you and all the volunteers and uh, all of the uh, public servants who help make this happen. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. Larry Phillips, the co-founder of the Indian Lake Loop, again, coming up on the 28th. And that's going to do it for Sumner County Spotlight for this week. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll talk to you next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here on the new WHIN for Sumner County Spotlight and our sponsors, FNM Bank at myfmbank.com and 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.